da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. It's showtime. It might be a few weeks late, but better late than never, right? For these types of things. Uh, we're still in Oscar season. Still got a lot of movies to talk about. And we're talking about three this week on the main feed. And another one in the VIP. So, great times for us movie watchers. Great times for the man fam. And uh, I've got Brian and Richard... Both here with me tonight. Hello. For this bonus episode in which we're joined by our friend Rachel back. What's up, Rachel? Hey, guys. Glad to be here. Uh, We're excited that you're here. We're excited to talk about this movie, Steve McQueen's Widows. This is a movie that has uh, been out for a few weeks now, I think. Uh, We've had it penciled in, but uh, other movies have taken precedent in terms of the box office and so we knew we'd get around to it eventually and i'm glad we finally did this was one that was very crowded in my screening still a lot of interest a lot of buzz around it and um mm-hmm. of course critically it's doing quite well as well yeah. so um this will follow up brian's solo app on shame which was great <laughs> <laughs> you, you gotta yeah. hear that if you if you never have if you're a mcqueen guy just Brian just it's it seriously I don't know what three and a half hours something like that of <laughs> right. Brian well, that for sure right there's a long stretch where I just passed out so <laughs> yeah. yeah you yeah. were you were cold out like for two and a half hours of it and then you woke up <laughs> like towards the three, three hour mark and then like tried to make up for lost time and it's quite entertaining if I must if you can stand the two hours of silence and crying in the background from your kid who's like daddy no all right um yeah, the last Steve McQueen movie we talked about was 12 Years a Slave, I believe. And, mm-hmm. of course, that went on to win Best Picture. Best Comedy at the Golden Globes. No, uh, that's it did that's not. a happy movie. Best Musical or Comedy, right. Uh, <laughs> and No, um, I mean, that was that's a beautiful film, but yeah, uh, that's, a, that's a bleak. It's, it's interesting to see him do. Um, not a lot of rewatches on that. Yeah, Twelve Years Slave is well, not rewatchable. So. I'm some, something I'm so glad I saw, but yeah, but uh, yeah, it's a once Yeah, that's a one, once a one timer. <laughs> totally. And uh, I I thought at the time that it was a, a great film. I was like, after I saw Twelve Years a Slave, I was like, that's winning Best Picture. I don't I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't care what yeah. else comes out this year. That's for sure gonna win. And. uh and it did, and and well deserved. I thought it was the best film of that year. And Steve McQueen is a is an always an interesting person to talk about. I think he has the best Rotten Tomatoes score of any director in terms of. I think every one of his movies is above ninety. I think or something wow. like crazy like that. Wow, above eighty five, something like that. Um, aside from you know his short films or whatever, but uh, all of his big wide releases are are very well received. Um. He's a talented guy, and this is definitely subject matter that fits him in a weird way, but it also is kind of different for him. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to talk to you guys about about Widows. But who was the first of us to see this? I saw this this past weekend. Brian, you saw it a couple weeks ago? No, I saw it Friday, uh, Black Friday, after Thanksgiving. Okay. And uh, And was it 
packed for you or was it more? Yeah, it was, it was, it was a small theater. So that probably played some into it, but yeah, it was, it was a full, it was a full theater. Um, big, my, my wife's entire family was there. So that was, that was fun. I want to hear about that. That sounds. (laughs) Yeah. I want to hear about seeing, seeing widows with your close family at your side. Yeah. Look, so Thanksgiving, we have my family every year. My th- my family comes over for Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving the day after Thanksgiving. Uh, Lindsay's family we meet them for for lunch. We go see a movie together, and then they usually come to our house for dinner or something. So every year we that's what we do. Every year we go see a movie. Um, typically, we get put in charge of picking the movie. There's me and my wife, and she has three cousins and their spouses, and so um, we we get assigned the task. And <laughs> this year, I the text thread started, and I was like, I think probably Creed two or, you know, Robin Hood maybe or Green Book or something like that. And and one of uh, one of her cousins, Green Book uh, sounds like the move. Yeah, that that's kind of what I was thinking. Uh, but you know, somebody immediately suggested, what about widows? And I was like, I kind of feel like that's not this is not the audience for that. Maybe I, you know, it's I not to, in, I don't know. It just seemed like I knew nothing about this movie beyond it's going to be a hard R and I have seen all of the previous Steve McQueen movies. So I kind of know what we're getting into here. It's not, this is not one of those where you're going to have five F bombs and that's it kind of R rated movies, you know? And, uh, so got bandied about for a while and eventually i just kind of threw my hands up and said okay but i did not pick this movie i want that on the record because i did not i do not want to be the uh decision maker if this comes down to there's a lot of angry people who are um older and like elders at their church i remember going to see um manchester by the sea like on christmas eve that was the worst And we're just like, we all hated ourselves and we're going home like, happy, Merry Christmas, everyone. Good night. And we're just going to sleep with the, hoping we don't burn in our sleep. I love Duncan, hon. Yeah. (laughs) Man, it was. That's all I think of when I see Casey Affleck now. (laughs) I think of a lot of, a lot of different things, but we'll just slide (laughs) right past that one. Um, Okay. So we come to Widows. And uh, starring Viola Davis. Yeah, Brian, you've you've gone on the record saying that she's the best actress in Hollywood right now. Are you still under that? Um, oh, she's incredible. In- yeah, impression. She's she. If she's not the best, she's certainly in that conversation. She's magnificent. Love her. It's like if her if, her or Lena Dunham, one of those two. <laughs> Should we just spend two hours talking about the Lena right Dunham off. article for one no, by line? No, please, God, I can't handle it. Can't. No more. No more. I tried Rachel, to. I, any thoughts on that Lena article? Or I don't what? even know what you guys are talking about. What oh, is this article? Bless you. You're in such go better you, Go look up, look up Lena Dunham, New Yorker, and or and, don't. and have a great, great old rocking time. Just cut oh, your eyes yeah. out. One or yeah. the other. Will do. Will do. Well, um. <laughs> No, I, I tried to derail Brian yesterday by like, dude, you got to read this. And he was like, nope, not falling for it. <laughs> Didn't happen. New York, New York Magazine. Just mm. not the New York. Oh, sorry. I, it's I, all the same. Uh, New York Magazine. Yeah, that's the one. Okay. So, uh, Widows is a action drama? 
kind of. Yeah. Um, Heavy on the drama, I think. Yeah. More than than the action. Totally. I thought it was an interesting trailer premise and everything. Rachel, what did you think of this going into it? Were you stoked for it or had you not heard of Steve McQueen or what? Yeah, I, uh, I'd only seen 12 Years a Slave. That was the only movie of his that I'd seen. So I was familiar with his aesthetic, you know, the kind of hard, edgy, violent sort of thing he has going on. Um, But honestly, based on the trailer, I wasn't that psyched about it. I thought it looked kind of self-serious. And I don't know. If if we weren't doing this pod, I probably wouldn't have gone and seen it in theaters. I probably would have just waited until it was on demand or something like that. But uh, I definitely enjoyed it once I was there. Once I was, you know, from the opening scene, I was definitely locked in. Mm. This was a... Uh, I know we, we promised to talk, I think, a couple weeks ago about theater etiquette, but but this is a, a big, bad offender in the theater theater etiquette department. Um, you said you could have just seen this on TV and been totally fine with that, you know, a month from now or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't understand why other people don't have that thought. For example, <laughs> in this movie, and I'm not kidding – there was a parent with a sub one and a half year old. In the oh, theater. no. That's good. And there that's was a parent next to me that had sub seven year olds to pair. Yeah, that's worse. That's and, way worse. And just watching this movie. And so the, the one year old, you can hear him going, You're the candy. <laughs> like during this movie, which is not loud, it's old, it's very talky, it's very quiet, you got to pay attention, it's a lot of acting, um, that, and then these two kids that are, have to watch this whole movie with their mom sitting right there, it just, you really, like, couldn't take your kids to see Wreck-It Ralph or The Grinch if you're going to the movies, like, really? You got to see Widows? Like, no, we're, we're seeing what I want to see, kids, yeah. and you're going to deal with it, like, that My just, turn to pick that, family movie now. That, that freaking frustrates me, man. Uh, just yeah, wait, terrible. wait for it to come out. This is not a movie you have to, like you said, have to see in a big theater. It's not like it's, I don't know, Star Wars or something, you know, or it's like this event that you got to go to. And if your kids can't handle it, so be it. It was just very jarring and made me shake my head and was very distracting throughout. But uh, I'll have more theater theater etiquette talk during the Creed two Same. episode. Because I yelled at somebody. I'm Korean, not kidding. So. It might have been my worst experience ever at a theater, and I'm, I'm excited to talk. <laughs> talk. And this is yeah. like maybe, maybe we were in the same theater because I had the same thing. We were so. in. We were in like this was two two screenings in a row that I had these experiences. I was like, what I was like, guys, we, I, we found... I'm fired up about slot. I mean, if anyone that's listened to our first Creed episode knows I'm right. fired up. Right. How great would it be if we found out that Kent and I were just yelling at each other in this <laughs> theater? Like, <laughs> well. Hey, shut up. No, you shut up. <laughs> it's a total sidebar. I do a podcast. I do a podcast. <laughs> when um, when I got rid of the movie pass, um, gladly got rid of it, by the way. And I I, uh, I will say, ma'am, fam, if you haven't canceled yet, do it. Please do it for your own good. Um, I tried to go see Widows. I, I, I opened the app. To see if it was letting me see it because it was, you know, a couple weeks past uh, when it was released or whatever. And those are the only movies you can see are the ones nobody is seeing. And uh, and I, I looked at my local theater that's right uh, across the block and it said Widows. And it had the time and I was like, oh, perfect. I'll use this like probably for the last time ever, right? 
and I walk down to the theater and I get, get in and I open the app and it says no screenings today. I'm like, I was just at my place and it said, like, as soon as I get to the theater, it like blocked me out of everything. And so I'm like, all right, I'm freaking paying for this now. And, uh, Let's just say the DMs were were flaming between me and Bill MoviePass <laughs> people. They, uh, well, they, I'm sure they handled that very yeah, well. Yeah, they did very professionally, they had great customer and service. it wasn't at all like did you talk to the dog or no? Okay. Yeah, the MoviePass mascot that they decided to roll out on very insensitive <laughs> thing, very tone deaf, and everything that they do. But yeah, so it doesn't the, the service doesn't work anymore, and just cancel it, and we're sorry. It was great. That's so funny because I I hadn't canceled mine yet. I because my husband got it me for me for Christmas last year. Yeah. And he just bought a whole year. You yeah, know, ahead that's of what time. I did too. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I, I got this, you know. And then I kind of forgot about it. So I pulled up to the movie theater and I was like, huh, let me just let me just check it, see to see what it is. And I pull it up and literally the only movie I could possibly see at the movie theater was Widows. That so was I mine too. For my last and then I showed <laughs> up and it wouldn't let me check in so, or wouldn't let me I don't do know. it it worked for me it worked for me so thank you movie pass for my very last yeah. movie i will see with you guys before rachel I bought it. the last ticket available kent that's what happened she she got I'm the not ticket even kidding. yeah like, i stole it they ran out that. of money right after that i think they like have done something where they i don't know flag accounts that spent a lot and are like all right this person's never allowed to <laughs> buy anything because we've spent over five thousand dollars on just just one person to see movies you know and with us doing the show every week for years, um, I'm sure my bill was pretty substantial. But um, so they so they canceled it. First of all, I told you guys this. I tried to get in the app to cancel it, and like I clicked account info, and it was like page cannot be loaded. So I couldn't even look at my account or cancel the thing because they'd only let you cancel it from the app itself. And they locked me out of the app, and you can't cancel on their website or anything. So I'm saying uh i'm dming them saying cancel my account and they're like okay no worries we can cancel your account but you still have access to the service until december 8th and i was like what service are you talking about it literally <laughs> is an app that does nothing i don't know what you're trying that's the reason i'm canceling do you not hear anything that i'm saying but um man i'm glad it's over and i'm i'm probably gonna do the amc thing yeah. considering the price and the vicinity from where i live 20 bucks a month for I think it's three movies a week you can do and IMAX and reserve seats and all that stuff included. Um, it seems like a pretty good deal for, for people like us who see a movie a week or four or five movies a month. So um excited, excited to have my business go towards something that actually works. All right. So widows was, uh, was one that I was pretty excited about. Richard, were you, um, were you intrigued yeah. by the trailer? Yeah, for sure. I love a heist movie. I like most people involved with this. And uh, yeah, no, I was, I was, I didn't really know what it was. You know, I remember reading about it. Steve McQueen's one of those directors. We go, oh, he's doing this. What is that going to, how is he going to do a heist movie? And then you see the trailer and you kind of see the tone. You're like, oh yeah, I'm in on that. And I love, you know, you guys know I love Gone Girl and I'm a big Gillian Flynn uh, person. So mm -hmm. I think she writes good, good movies. So, and mini series and everything. I think she's the goods. And so, um, her involvement made me, I was all in going into this. Awesome. But I hated it. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was pretty, and just to get into some, uh, I guess general thoughts here. I was pretty, I was pretty in on it. Uh, I like the opening scene. 
with intercut like uh, their family life or or uh, Viola Davis and Liam Neeson's family life kind of intercut with this car chase, van chase. And um, it was really fast-paced at the beginning. It really didn't drag at all at the beginning, which I was kind of scared it would be kind of too talky and slow burn for me. But I thought they did a really good job uh, editing this movie. It's one of the better edited movies I've seen all year. And just kind of the, mm. all the plot lines they had to do, they had to weave together, all the characters that they introduce, um, you know, the, the whole heist element of things being – uh, it is in itself is a mystery that the audience is kind of trying to figure out things that, um, you know, like some movies like oceans eight just don't, don't nail that aspect. And it, and it mm-hmm. leaves you disappointed because you're like, well, that's literally all I came for. So, um, this, these types of movies, you come for the acting and I guess here you would come for the, uh, the heist element. And I was pleasantly surprised by how that all came together. But um, let's just talk about some of the performances here. First of all, Viola Davis in the, uh, like I said, in the in the lead role, and for me, she was fantastic. I'm not mm-hmm. saying nobody else could have done this role and been great, um, but I thought she carried it with all the poise and compassion and and uh, and chops that you would want. And man, some of the emotional scenes were really emotional. I thought she was great in the heist element of it i thought she was viable as a you know a a woman that could run something like this and organize it uh the believability factor was pretty high and um and i really enjoyed her relationship or lack thereof with with liam neeson i thought that was an interesting um thing to follow throughout the movie but um general thoughts on this movie brian and viola and what what everything is going on here with this uh this widow's thing yeah, I was I was excited going in. Um, Steve McQueen is a you know he's a very very good director. He he never makes movies that are quite for me, and this is um, kind of on that same wavelength. Uh, it's it's always a little unsettling, and those are never my favorite movies. But you can there's there's no questioning his uh, his gift and his technical ability, and uh, he has a real eye for shots and. Uh, the camera work and stuff, and this is exquisite. Viola is great; she's always great. And then I think this is a, uh, yeah, I think this is probably a a, a chance for her to to uh, to get an Os- another Oscar nod and maybe uh, get a win. Uh, maybe we'll see. They're, they're, it's so hard with uh, with There's that, so many British with, movies coming out this year. Yeah, the, Mary Queen of Scots and the favorite, right? Gonna, like right, dominate the yeah, acting. Yeah, I feel like that category is so hard to uh, to judge ahead of time. Pretty much every other category, we have a, a decent feel, you know, for who's going to be nominated or what movies are going to be nominated or who at least is going to be really in the running. And and the uh, best actress is always kind of the last one that comes together because we don't get to see a lot of those movies until uh, next year, <laughs> really. So uh, anyway, but she's great. And I love a heist movie. I did. I expected that this would be a slow burn because of what I know about Steve McQueen as a director. So I knew that it wasn't going to be some sort of action-packed, quick-moving heist movie. So I wasn't disappointed on that. I think some of the people in my party were. I think they were expecting more of a, I don't know, like an adult version of the Fast movies or something. I think it moved a little slow for for some of them. I love a slow burn, and I love a heist. Um, I did think there were times that this dragged a bit, and I could have just, you know, Steven... 
McQueen lets the camera linger a little bit more than I would like it to at times. Uh, and there's just certain it's it's certain scenes where I was just just kind of wanted to yell at the screen, let's go. Come on, let's get moving here. It's just a little bit, to, yeah. little bit slow for me, um, but but it's uh, it's really good. I I think that in a perfect world, uh, I'm not sure that the cast around Viola Davis and uh, some of the uh, Liam Neeson, some of the others, I, I I was a little lacking with with Michelle Rodriguez, especially, and and maybe a little bit in some of the other the spots too. So that that was kind of a, a little bit of a disappointment. But overall, it's a, it's, you? Okay. <laughs> it's a very, very good movie and an incredibly well made movie. Um, not one that I'm going to revisit frequently, but but uh, but still very good. And once it got down to the get down with the heist and stuff, that was great. And I was really uh, into that. I'm not sure that I totally felt like the lead up to that was necessarily worth it. But um, but it was it was it was a very good movie. And one that I imagine will do quite well come award season and, and deservedly so. All right, Rachel. Yeah. Like for me, when I heard that Steve McQueen was directing a heist movie, I was kind of like, what? Uh, I mean, it just seems like he's this Oscar winning director. It's like below and, him or something. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So for me, I was just a little bit confused. You know, it's kind of like Martin Scorsese doing an oceans movie or something, but um, it, go on. I think, I think, uh, he, he did it in a way that completely elevated it for me. Like he sort of flipped the heist movie genre on its head. Um, I mean, namely he obviously cast women as the leads, which was pretty cool. Obviously really strong performances. Like I'm with you. I'm with you, Ken. It was Viola Davis was really strong. And I think the girl that played Alice also did a really good job. Yeah, I think her name's Elizabeth Debicki. Yeah. yeah, I didn't. I didn't. She's in Guardians. Her. Guardians oh. too. She's the gold lady. In, oh, uh, that's where yeah. she's from. <laughs> she's yeah. Peaky Blinders too, or something, right? right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought she was really strong. And actually, I was reading an article after I saw the movie, and apparently Jennifer Lawrence was up for that role. And I love Jennifer Lawrence. She's amazing. But I'm almost glad that someone that was a little bit more of a no name was that role because I think <laughs> when I watch a Jennifer Lawrence movie, I see Jennifer Lawrence. And it's harder for me to see the character. Sure. Uh, but so it, it helped for me that that girl was a little bit more of a no-name. Oh, she was um, Jordan in The Great Gatsby. That's where I see mm-hmm. her. And uh, yeah. in Everest as well. She was in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, okay, I recognize her now. And Valerian, yeah. Brian. Yeah, my favorite movie. of. Oh, she's only voice. No. So. Oh, I missed wow. that one. Thank Would have been so much better with her. Cloverfield Paradox, she was in that too. We saw, we reviewed that this year too. Wow. Sure she's did. pretty versatile. <laughs> Keep an eye yeah, on. Yeah, I thought she Mr. was really Nick. good. Yeah, yeah, but I thought I thought it was also cool how you know I think of a heist movie and and you think of like Ocean's Eleven, you know, like a fun kind of frivolous, lighthearted like jazz movie, music like, playing. And yeah, stuff, yeah, like some jazz music and some <laughs> snapping going on in the background. <laughs> and, Everyone's just <laughs> snapping. Know? Some guys yeah, eating the whole time. You know, exactly. Yeah. Your turn, exactly. Oh, Reiner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he kind of like flipped that, and instead of it being this lighthearted thing, it was it was. It was a serious movie. It the whole movie was heist. serious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was an actual heist. And and most yeah. heists are done out of like out of want, you know. I just want this money or I want this like sparkly jewelry. But this this heist was done out of a need, which mm-hmm. I thought uh made it more interesting. And and also most heist movies that I really like are all about the heist. You know, planning the heist and getting the getting the blueprints and all these things. But 
this heist movie, while they did, you know, work on all the elements they needed, like getting the guns and figuring out where the safe room was, it was really more about developing the characters. And I thought, I thought he did a really, really great job of really fleshing out all of the female characters. I mean, mostly Viola Davis and Alice, but each character had their time on the screen, like Michelle Rodriguez's character did and, and the chick that played Belle, who was the babysitter slash driver. She's you know, so good. She, Cynthia she was Erivo. awesome. Yeah. She was so awesome. Um, I love how she could stand up to Viola Davis. But mm-hmm. anyways, so I thought that was pretty cool. And, and it was interesting that, you know, the only people in the movie really that weren't criminals were the ones that were doing the heist. So that was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But for me, honestly, it was a really enjoyable theater, theater experience. The people in my audience were definitely on board. Um, there was one scene, not not going into spoilers, but there was one scene where everybody broke out in applause. Um, so that was kind of cool. Um, I really enjoyed the twists and the turns. I didn't realize when they that, sing. Yeah. When they all sing. <laughs> yeah. The big musical <laughs> dance number. If the, yeah, um, exactly. I, same with my theater. Yeah. Hugh Jackman yeah. comes out. Exactly. But the, <laughs> the twists and, and turns. Russell Crowe's somebody. like, <laughs> Oh no, 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 no. Don't sing Russell Crowe. Um, <laughs> But I didn't realize that Gillian Flynn co-wrote the script with Steve McQueen. But in retrospect, seeing like all the twists and turns in the movie makes sense. And, and I really enjoyed the twists and turns. I didn't really see any of them coming except for a couple, like maybe a beat before it happened. You know, sometimes these, these movies have really obvious twists. But these ones were, I thought, pretty well done. But I really liked it more than I thought I would going in. I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah, I think, you know... A lot of the times with those twists, you really have to build up the stuff to support it. Otherwise, it's not shocking. Um, I know which twist you're referring to, and we'll get to spoilers here in a little bit, but um, there was like an audible gasp in my theater like twice, you know, like, <gasps> oh, you know, I, that you know that that uh, their character building is paying off when you have those moments in a theater. Otherwise, people are just falling asleep and they're not invested and. And they can't believe it, you know. Um, so, so yeah, I thought I thought it was kind of the best of everything you would want out of him, um, Brian. Just just to your point on terms of the slow slow uh, burn, mm-hmm. it it was a little too political for me. Just the stuff with with um, with Colin Farrell and the mayor, or you know, the women's workers union and that whole thing. I understand that they were in a business and that was kind of the, and you're pretty firmly against women holding. (laughs) I'm firmly against any kind of progressive things. Employment for women. It's like, you're pretty normal otherwise, but like you like a woman. Like I feel like 1919 was the best year of America. (laughs) And you've, and you've said that from the beginning of this podcast. (laughs) it, It just like, there's a lot to listen to and you're trying to figure out the political dynamic of this town aside from just, uh, you know, what they got going on in their personal lives. Um, I thought Colin Farrell was really good. Robert Duvall was a, was a despicable human in this, which was weird to see. Um, but I thought he, he nailed the part and, um, man, Daniel Kaluuya, he might get a year Oscar good year, for this huh? thing nomination for best supporting actor or something like that. He was every time greatest. he walked on the screen, I yeah. literally started to cover my eyes yeah, with my fingers. Bright. I got to a point where I was like, Nope, Nope. Don't yeah. want to see what's going to happen next. You know, it's going to, Oh man, he was, he was used so well. And those, those scenes that he's used in are all in one take. It seems like the camera doesn't really cut away ever. It's so real. 
visceral and um that's just Steve McQueen for you. You know, you know he's gonna bring an element of that to to the screen. He did it with Michael Fossbender and um in Twelve Years a Slave. It's just mm-hmm. like this is a despicable, horrible person, but um those type of people exist. So he's kind of shedding a light on that, I guess. But sure. but yeah, sure. no, you don't really don't know what to expect from him from the beginning. Because uh, you you've kind of he kind of has a trustworthy face, but you learn very fast that he's uh, he's a he's a bad dude in this, and and one you kind of forget about for a while too. the The movie goes along, and and you're so focused in on, um, on you you know uh, Liam Neeson's thing, and then Alice comes into the picture, and like you said, Michelle Rodriguez, and they're doing that whole thing. And there's probably a good 40 minutes where they don't even bring in Kahlua. And, but, but that makes the, uh, his return that much more effective. You're like, Oh man, I forgot about this guy. What's he going to do? How's he going to stop this? He really mm-hmm. kind of, they kind of push him aside to develop the characters and develop the relationships between the women when they, we all come kind of come together. And, um, and I thought it was all effective when they bring him back. It's, it's, it's crazy. And, um, I don't want to give away what happens twist wise, which we will get into, but uh I thought that was all it was all right on. There's a there's a scene towards the middle of the film where they're in like a gym of a high school questioning some guys, right? Oof. And yeah. they catch him rapping, like hiding, but like rapping. And so he asks them to do the rap again, and the camera starts spinning around them like in this very joyful way. And uh, so this is an example, Louis Letty, of how to use a spinning camera. Right, and, and, right. Because you know what's happening there, but yeah. gosh. Yeah. You're, you're like bobbing your head along to the music, right? And the camera's moving to where you're focused on just kind of who's in front of you, whether it's the guy doing the beat, the guy rapping, or Kahlua kind of watching them. And when it, when the, the climax of the scene, you're like, holy moly, did that mm-hmm. really just happen? And everyone's just stunned silence in the theater, you know? Um but you go from that joyous rap to complete opposite feeling in about half a millisecond, and uh, and it was very effective. I thought that was a that was a good that yeah. was a good stroke by Mr. McQueen. But uh, RB, what are your um, what do you think of this man? Yeah, I was excited for this. Uh, this looked this is I mean I think you guys will know this is a Richard kind of movie in some ways. Yeah, it's more than it's a more than a Brian movie. Definitely. Um, because it's full of, you know, nihilism, things I like. Uh, no, uh, but I I like a lot of great clean... cardigans in this yeah, in these scenes. The card, and I was upset I wasn't consulted. But um, <laughs> no, it's 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 an interesting film in a, in a lot of ways. And I'm, you know, I'll forgive a lot of things for interesting uh, in this certainly. But it's fun. I like when art house directors, which which McQueen was until 12 years a slave. I would, I would say, uh, enter the, the mainstream and try to make something pulpy and whatever. And like I said, Gillian Flynn or Jillian, Gillian, I think it's Gillian. I don't know who cares. Um, is a really interesting screenwriter. I think, I think, uh, is, I, I just think that gone girl script is so smart and, and something really interesting. And this is very much the same. I mean, this is a pulpy, violent movie in a lot of ways, but it has a lot to say. And I loved that part of it. And there, there are parts, yeah, like you said, Kent, where, where with 
you say, why are you doing this? But that's what makes it interesting. There's a lot of stuff in here that, that takes, takes risk within the confines of a adult kind of popcorn heist movie, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a really smart movie. I think it's a really cool movie. And I have a few qualms with it, but I think this will definitely be in my probably top 15 to 20 of the year because I think it's a really, really uh, fun movie in, in a weird, dark way to watch. That's that's my general thought. Right on, right on. Uh, man, it's been, a, it's been a heist heavy year this year. I've seen several heist movies. I don't know if this is my favorite of the year in terms of just heist movies because it's been mm. it's been that heavy. Hurricane um, Heist, obviously, yeah. it's number I, one. <laughs> I still haven't seen Hurricane Heist, but it's on it's the on list. It's on Netflix, bro. It's Get on it. the list. Yeah, it's on my list, if you will. <laughs> um, yeah, it's this was um, this was one that you know straddled the line between art house and mainstream pretty well. I felt like it didn't go all in on uh, the heist, and it didn't go all in on the the drama. It was a very, like I said, it crossed the medium uh, very well. There was a scene where she died, where she, no, she dies. She's crying after her uh, husband dies, uh, Viola Davis, after Liam Neeson's out of the picture, right? And um, it was like shot very weird. It was like stereoscopic or something. I don't know if you guys noticed that in that one moment. It's a pretty effective, like, acting moment. I don't know if they mm-hmm. shot it and then they realized after the fact that it was out of focus, but they're like, that performance is too good not to have in here. But it, like, made me dizzy. I had to look away from the screen. It looked like a 3D Same. movie without the glasses. If you took your yeah. glasses off, and I was like, I do not like this. Like, I understand going for different angles and different techniques, but that one was just, like, hurt my eyes way too bad. But the rest of the movie was very... Very well done. I really like his style. I really like his establishing shots. I love his locations that he picks. Um, I think he does a really good job with actors. He gets the best out of everybody he's working mm-hmm. with. And I thought this, like you said, Richard, this had something to say, like all of his movies. And it really is a very empowering film for women. I'm sure Rachel can can speak to that, but this is about women kind of not sitting back anymore and taking things into their own hands and, and pulling off a heist that you would think only men could do. Right. And because of all these movies that are like this, it's all just four dudes or four dudes and a girl that's, you know, on the security cameras (laughs) or not doing anything important or, (laughs) you know, something like that. Sure. And, and this is them getting, like you said, getting the guns. It's them um, finding out the best entrance finding, you know, taking out the guards. It's, it's all everything. It's a befriending the people that they need to befriend. And, um, these are all, these are four women or three with the fourth, uh, being the helper who are all from very different walks of life. Right. Mm -hmm. Viola Davis, even though they have this connection between what their husbands did or do, they all have very different lifestyles, very different paths to that, um, that eventual end. And I like that. I liked, you know, the, the loaded, wealthy Viola Davis um, bonding with Michelle Rodriguez, who's, you know, got, got kids, a ton of kids and has got work, you know, doesn't have any money and her her uh, store just got shut down. Meanwhile, um, Liam Neeson left her with a penthouse apartment and all this stuff, you know, it's uh, and then you've got the Alice character or 
Jennifer or whatever her name is. I don't know what her name really is because it gives like six different names here. But she um, she's kind of in the middle between them and her mom trying to force her into prostitution after she loses money or after her husband's out of the picture, right, was kind of a weird thing. Like just just do what I did. Just, just be a <laughs> prostitute. Like it's cool. Like, <laughs> that was very different too. Like you don't expect the parent to be the one pushing the kid down that direction. You think they did, would do that to rebel against their authority figures. I don't or whatever, know. But... Brian's pretty with Coop. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he's got Ernest Key. He planted the seed. He watches Deuce Bigelow every day when he wakes up. <laughs> the second one, though, yeah. that's the good European one. Gigolo. Yeah, um, yeah, because that instills a sense of worldliness. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta know the cultures, right? Um, so yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was totally. I don't know, it, a great bonding movie for women in a weird way, like a chick flick kind of vibe to it. And um, like I said, very empowering. What did, Rachel, what did you think about that kind of aspects of it, of things? Yeah, I was, I was actually talking to a friend today and um, they said they saw the movie and, and, you know, it wasn't really for them. They were, they were left thinking, what was the point of the movie? Like it was a heist movie, but what was the point? And I'm like, what's the point? The point is, it's showing these women go through this, this huge moment in their lives and they're grieving and they're, they're going through all the stages of grief and also they're bucking up and they're, they're manning up and they're doing what they have to do, whatever that, whatever that is. And mm -hmm. also, like you said, Kent, they're forming these friendships with women they wouldn't have necessarily crossed paths with. Um, and I think it's just a, a beautiful portrait of of all the different emotions especially viola davis you know you see her grieving you see her crying um for her husband and also uh for her son and but then you also see her being tough and, and she says you know nobody thinks we're gonna have the balls to pull this off and yeah. it just shows this whole spectrum of what women can do especially if they pull together that sounds really cheesy but they don't know what they're doing she just says hey you get the guns uh, you get a car, you figure out this blueprint, and they don't have any of the skill set that their husbands had to do it, but they figured out a way and they pulled it off. So I thought it, I thought that was pretty cool. Awesome. Well, I think it's time for spoiler talk because there's a lot of stuff I want to talk about that's spoilery. So spoilers coming up right now for Widows. If you have not seen it, we might spoil it from here on out. Okay. So uh, in regards to them training for the actual heist, um, I really enjoyed the part where they were filling the dirt up in the Tupperware and and learning how much it weighs, right? And just kind of testing their endurance on how if they could even pick up the money and run the distance that they need to run, right? I thought that was very smart of them uh just thinking that that far ahead. But I was I was I thought they were setting it up for when Daniel Kaluuya shows up and steals the money that he was going to get the dirt in the Tupperware, right? That they had switched the bags at some point and it didn't really go there. Do you think Steve McQueen was kind of trying to make you think that's what would happen by doing that? I thought that was a, a, a switcheroo that they were setting up. Did you guys go there in your mind or kind of expect that once, uh, once I, he kind of takes the bags from them, right? When they're in the yeah, van? Yeah. I mean, that seems like an ocean's eight. Yeah. switch not a steve mcqueen switch to me like no I, I i wasn't i that sort of thing kind of crossed my mind after the fact but more so as a 
<laughs> you know, what would this movie have been if it was a comedy? You know, you were a what would it have been if it was 13 or something like that? Then then you kind of. Yes. Then I, I think that was that would make uh, make some sense. But no, I, I was I wasn't sure how they were going to pull it off with once that once it got to that point, once Daniel Kalua had taken over and all this stuff, I, I wasn't sure exactly how it was going to go. Turns out just murder they're just gonna like viciously crash his car which great it was awesome I mean, that's a great scene that was uh, when everybody started clapping in my audience yeah everybody yeah. started clapping it was great yeah and that that was one spot where i, I felt like the uh steve mcqueen's lingering camera was really effective because you you know once he gets inside that van and you're just like oh boy um that's it was it was very good no I, it was i was curious how that was going to play how we were going to get to a, a you know a resolution on that, uh, but I didn't think I didn't think about the the dirt stuff until until maybe after the fact. But that uh, would have been a great reveal. Like right as he's driving away, he like looks down and notices it's the dirt, and then they hit him with the car. Right, that would have been a cool like. Oh, these women are so freaking smart. Like they thought of everything, you know. And it's like one of those things you forget about the dirt until you're like, oh, remember all the dirt? Oh, yeah. And uh, I thought that would have been a cool reveal or twist, but it didn't happen. Speaking of twists, and this is the twist that uh, got the biggest reaction from my screening. Um, the, really, the kid really wanted candy for this uh, during this <laughs> twist. He was like, I want my gummy worms. Um, it was when, when Liam Neeson – is revealed to be alive. He's still mm. alive. I love the way they hit it around that, that, that uh, her realization <laughs> when she goes over to the friend's house or whatever, and the kid's there, and then she sees the flask. I thought that, that was very random, the flask thing in the beginning of the movie. It's like, where, yeah, where that is was, this? That was a backstory we never agreed upon, right, Brian? Yes, yes. <laughs> you never presume. Don't presume. Yeah. It was, um, I thought, a good twist, like I said, and, you know, her murdering him is, what did you guys think about that? Just, I, I thought it was a good twist in terms of, you think he shoots her, but it's actually her shooting him, just the way it was shot, kind mm -hmm. of from the waist up, and uh, my theater thought that he just murdered her in cold blood right there when he uh, shows up with the, to the van. And uh, the reveal when they pull back and he falls to the ground, I thought that was a great, um, a great twist. It was, uh, it was reminded me kind of of other movies. That kind of part was a bit. I don't know if you would have said that would have been cliche to have the the dirt in the in the bags. I don't know. I've seen that switcheroo where you think somebody gets shot, but they actually got shot, or somebody's shooting, but they actually get shot. Uh, a lot. Yeah, yeah, I would say that a lot of that stuff was not I didn't see that as like Liam Neeson coming back out was was something. I didn't feel like the who shot who was much of a mystery cuz by that point it felt like it was pretty pretty clear what was about to happen. It was it was fitting, it was awesome, it was, you know, if you want to look at it as empowering, great. I didn't find it to be um a twist or a shock so much. It it seemed like that's definitely how this has got to go at this point. Awesome. Me too. Um, let's see. I've got... Um, I can't read my own handwriting on a lot of this stuff. Um, her losing the sun. What did you guys think about that? Th that was obviously a uh, very timely 
death of the son being black and just getting murdered by cops too. Um, that was impactful, very impactful. Um, also, let's see here. I literally can't read my my handwriting. It's okay. Well, it's mostly just like weird, like political stuff you write backwards. <laughs> no, well, you I had to write in the dark when during these movies, and I'm like scribbling half the time. Yeah. Not and me. I, I take a lamp. Oh, here's another one. Another moment. People where, love Brian. Yeah, you do. You I just know. tell everybody I have a podcast. I it's a I, gas lantern. It's like right. you walk in the theater like Bray it's Wyatt, like and you're like. Yeah. Um, that noise. Yeah. <laughs> it's like full lantern. Natural I, have, I also bring a camping stove, though. So yeah, I, yeah I, you do. You got to make little smokies when you're yeah, in your theater. Some eggs. Some eggs going. <laughs> um, the, one of the Kalua moments where he just murders the dude in the bowling alley, too, was uh, was pretty the crazy. Stabbing. Yeah. He, uh, he doesn't murder him, but he... Yeah, it goes very. It's very close to that. And then they murder the uh, the driver. There was a lot of murder. There's a lot of just <laughs> shooting in the face and things like that in this movie. But um, it's very. There's a. There's always a sense of realism to what McQueen does. Like you oh, feel yeah. like these. This actually happened this way instead of this effects driven, um, cheesy deaths. You know, like a Tarantino movie would have or anything like that. This is. It's all grounded in realism and um i thought it was smart to use each character each woman to have her own kind of skill set but not really like they had to figure out how to use their skills to get this done you know it wasn't like oh i'm the guy who knows maps i'm the guy who knows how to drive the car it was like can you drive a car i think so you know and uh and alice trying to use her relationship with this builder guy to figure out where the building was, right? Because that was their yeah. hardest thing. It's because none of them were architects or anything like that. I thought that was all really well done too. Just the uh, point A to point B of the heist was was pretty pretty interesting. So yeah, I, I mean, I really I really wasn't really enjoyed this. I thought it would be a it would be more of a drag than it was. I was invested. I really wanted to know what was going to happen with the heist and uh, and all that. And so I was in I was until the end with this. I didn't really think about oh, this is too long, or when are they going to get to this? It was really, really well paced. Like I said, the editing was, was re- very good, and I expect this to be up for a lot of awards this coming Oscar season. So mm-hmm. you guys have any closing thoughts on kind of how this went down, or you want to hit grade here? Rachel? Um, I think if I had any criticism of it, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty positive of the whole, of the movie as a whole, but if I had any criticisms, I do feel like the whole Robert Duvall subplot was, I could have done without it. It just felt like there was a lot in the movie. Yeah. And the whole part about like the dad and, and Colin Farrell's in his dad's footsteps. Like, you know, we could have just, if they didn't cast Robert Duvall in that, I don't think the role would have been as big. Um, so I could have either developed that more or just gotten rid of that. And mm-hmm. same thing with the, uh, the subplot about the son, while it was really powerful, and mm. you could see a little bit more into the Viola Davis and Liam Neeson's relationship. I feel like some of that was a little bit forced in, like at the end where she said, oh, here's some money. Can you make a library for Marcus? I felt like it needed to be just developed a little bit more to to be what it really could have been. Um, yeah. Because there was felt, a lot going on. Yeah, right? it felt like they were 
the way they mentioned it earlier, they were like, he'd be still be alive if it wasn't for you, you know, something like that. And I thought it was like a, their infant died or something. And then they sh- mm. immediately cut to the funeral and it's like a little coffin, right? That they're crying over. I thought it was. Yeah, that like was cool how they like slowly revealed who Marcus was and, yeah. you, you know, you knew their son died and then, but you didn't know how. And yeah, slowly revealed it. That was really cool. Yeah, I didn't but. know that, that that was the story mm. and it made it more impactful, but I thought mm-hmm. it was like, you know, they had a newborn and it died and, you know, he didn't take care of it or something like that or neglected it or, or whatever. I didn't know it was like their full grown son that was murdered in cold blood by cops for, I don't know, pulling out, what was it, like a recipe or something yeah. like in his... It was a, in his, a gift, like gift, an anniversary yeah. gift or something. Yeah. yeah. In his glove box. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, Rachel, I'm with you. Like the, all of those various uh, subplots and B stories and stuff were, I had no, no issue with any of them. The, the Duvall thing, I mean, Robert Duvall is a very good actor and that was a, all, all those things are fine to me. I just, I think maybe cut one of them. <laughs> Just so that you have more time to spend on developing some of the other stories, because it, especially once it gets into the the third act, you you know you have all these things kind of coming together, and you're doing the um you know you're doing the intercut editing stuff, which is great. It's incredibly well edited, but you do get you get to the last thirty minutes, and you kind of feel like there are a lot of hanging threads from all of these various stories, and then we're kind of tying them together in a in a relatively haphazard fashion. And, and I just think, you know, streamline it just a little bit and, and cut one of those backstories and you, you have, you know, six extra minutes or whatever to spend fleshing out some of the others that, that would be, that would be my, my preference. Cause it just, man, it just, it, it kind of, it, it's, it's takes so long to get anywhere. And I think it, very effectively, I'm not complaining about that. And then once you get into the third act, you're just like, you, it's rushing, it feels like. And that's that's a little bit frustrating to go so slow for an hour and a half and then really rush the, you know, the last 30, 45 minutes is, is kind of frustrating. Okay, I wanted to ask you, the, maybe to me the best shot in the whole movie was uh, Colin Farrell getting in the car. Doing yes, yes. And then, uh, and then get, you know, getting in the, the town car or whatever, and you never you, – the camera just follows the, the yeah. town car through yeah. that neighborhood. It's like six blocks or something, and uh, you see the changing <laughs> landscapes mm-hmm. around you. You see the, the uh, political signs in the yard, how it changes from – Yeah, where he's talking in the car, and it's like <laughs> – That's That was a really – yeah, that was a really yeah. innovative way to, to do that. Usually you yeah. see like full transparent uh, – you know, windshield and the cameras mounted or are alternating between them. I thought that was a really, I had that in my note too. I thought that was a really smart way by Steve McQueen to shoot that. And you're focused solely, like you said, on the, on the scenery and on, on what's kind of going on around them, but listening to them instead of focusing solely on the characters. I think that was, that was on purpose. And it was, it was very smart. I don't, you know, those are the types of things that set directors apart. And I thought he sure. set himself apart. Right there, that was a stroke of genius, and and I think he is a genius. I know he's a genius, and um, I'm just excited to see what he does next. I don't know if he should be tamer or if I want Steve McQueen to be Steve McQueen, you know, because I feel like he can make more – like he has the visual chops to make any kind of movie he wants to make, but is he going to stick to his guns and be – do his thing, or is he going to try and go for more 
mainstream types of movies. I don't know. I think he could go either way, but um, mm-hmm. I think he he has the respect of almost everybody in uh, in Hollywood for what he what he's how he's so consistent at what he does and so original. Um, yeah, I'm ready to hit grades here. What about you guys? I'm good. Awesome. I'm gonna give this a solid A for Widows. Brian. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go A minus. I think it's a really good movie that's gonna get a lot of award attention. Um, I think there was there's just some some odds odd spots that I would have liked to have seen cleaned up and kind of expected to see cleaned up. I wish that Michelle Rodriguez and uh, Cynthia Erivo switch places. I, that would make. I think she is so good. She was she, in. Um, she, she lives her my life a quarter mile at a time too. <laughs> we don't know about uh, the other girl. Right. She, uh, uh, Cynthia Rivo's in. If, if you got, I know Richard's seen. If you haven't seen Bad Times at Oriel, she's in that. She's great, and has these long cut scenes with, uh, with just basically just her and Jeff Bridges, and it's, it's fantastic. Um, she's so good, and she feels like somebody who is about to completely blow up and the i felt like the scenes in which she was working with viola davis were far and away the best in terms of just uh two two people acting together um she was she's incredible and i but she's only you know she has so few scenes she comes on so much later than everybody else and her kind of attachment to the group is is uh a little bit lesser than the rest i i, I don't know I, I don't mean it that as an attack on michelle rodriguez just i just think that cynthia revo is so good and i would have liked to have seen more of her and more of her engaging with with viola davis i think that would have felt like more of a um kind of a fair pairing uh because viola davis is is just so great but uh, anyway a, a minus for me very good movie that's going to get uh, i think a lot of a lot of awards attention all right, Arby. Yeah, I'm going to side with you, Ken. It's I was kind of between you and Brian, and Brian just, you know, buddy, you just weren't convincing enough. I'm going to go <laughs> solid A. No, it was solid A for me. A uh, little, little quirk, uh, you know, qualms here and there to keep it from being an A+, but a pretty enjoyable movie that, you know, if this were to win two to three Oscars on just different stuff, I'd be fine with it. So that's that's definitely an A. All right, Rachel, what about you? I'm going to have to side with Brian here. A minus. Yeah. <laughs> two to two. All right, cool. Thanks for joining us. We will, <laughs> Brian, where can I find you on? No, go ahead. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, again, like I said, I, I wasn't that psyched about it going in. I don't know why. Um, but when I was actually there, You're, you I, hate women though. You're, I mean, I am really against women. <laughs> I mean, especially in any paid position. Um, but <laughs> exactly. But when I was actually in the theater, I had a really enjoyable theater experience. And just seeing all of the the powerhouse performances, mostly from Viola Davis and uh, Cynthia, however you say her last name. Um, <laughs> but I, I really liked seeing those characters developed. I liked I liked seeing the twists and turns, um, not super obvious. I thought they did a really good job on the heist. I felt like the movie was kind of going at 40 miles an hour, the whole movie. And then it like shot up to 70 miles an hour right when they started doing the heist. That was really, really effective. Um, but Steve McQueen's style, you know, hit the, the violent, the violence that he uses is a little shocking to me. And I know it's his, his style. Um, but that is just not my cup of tea. Um, so I think that's, uh, what brought it to an A minus for me, but really, really good movie. I'm with you guys. I wouldn't be surprised if it was up for some, 
maybe a, an acting nod for Viola Davis, maybe a script nod um, for Steve McQueen and, and Gillian Flynn and are, you know, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. But I really, really liked it. And a minus for me. Awesome. Well, very highly recommended by us and Rachel. If you're still with us, sorry, we spoiled it for you. We warned you, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, definitely one that um, it's going to be around at the end of the year in the, in the awards conversation. We'll see if it makes our, top 10 of the year episode if it gets a mention or a discussion again we will definitely have it at that time but thank you for joining us ma'am fam new listeners for this bonus review uh, we're doing movie news this week uh, during the creed 2 episode and we're also talking creed 2 and wreck it ralph 2 as well so if you've seen any of those join us then and um, you can find us online at madaboutmoviespodcast.com Subscribe there. Um, visit our store for some good deals, some some Cyber Monday and and uh, Christmas deals. If you want a stocking stuffer for uh, your husband or wife, Rachel, that uh, that that likes mad about movies, and you can definitely do that. And we got phone or that doesn't. We or accept that those hates us. Well. Yeah, we accept yeah. those too. But uh, <laughs> get a, you know we got a lot of stuff. We got t shirts, we got coffee mugs, phone cases, we got a little notebook or a sticker. Something like I that. I bought my daughter a onesie. I'm just going to say that. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. She's yep. early a... adopter man, fam. Yeah, yeah. exactly. She's... She's the coolest kid on the playground with her Mad About Movies onesie. That is awesome. <laughs> that is really cool. We're going to need to Love it. get a picture of that so we can put on the Instagram. But, uh, but yeah, well, follow us. She sent that in. Oh, yeah. So, so follow us there at Mad About Movies Podcast on Instagram and Mad About Movies on Twitter. And uh, all these guys on social media, Beagle 12 and Richard Barden and myself. And uh, we'll see you guys for Creed 2 Talk a little bit later. See you at the cinema. Bye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salad and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those toss salad and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya-ya. Your salad is